From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 306. Today's show is brought to you by Casper and Storyworth. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. Hi, how are you? Good. How's things going? Very well, my friend. Very well, indeed. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to go through today. Uh, I was, I've been a little bit traumatized on Instagram. <laughs> So you put this link in the show notes, and we're going to talk about this link in one second. But I would like to say I had no idea what this was before I clicked it. So why don't you uh, why don't you drive this one home here? I I made a, a mistake um, <laughs> in following the Bungbox Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Like I feel mm-hmm. like that really that was probably a mistake for me because they post these like images of all of the limited edition. Uh, sailor pens that they do <laughs> and I want to buy them all um, mm-hmm. they have one which is a Tokyo Metro 90th anniversary fountain pen which is a yellow sailor uh, pro gear Rialo, um <laughs> with like and there are, there are two different uh, pens you can buy from what I can understand uh, one has like a Rodden uh, finial and the other has like a the letter G which from what also what I can understand is like a logo from the Tokyo Metro it's like one of the like lines I think it's like maybe like the G line or something like that that's kind of what I can grok again as of all of this like there is so much of the Bungbox website that cannot be translated <laughs> right by like Google because they use a lot of images and stuff um, mm-hmm. so a lot of it is kind of just like what I can work out which honestly also <laughs> makes it a little bit more exciting uh, you know, and, and I kind of like that a lot. Um, the other pen is a green pen, um, which has a most like it's a demonstrator body, but the grip section and the cap are like green with some little flex in it, like the pink love, like the little glitter in it. Mm-hmm. These are both beautiful, and I want them both. <laughs> Also, the green one has the ink tells more nib, like the pink love does. But sure. here's the thing, Brad. I'm not going to buy either of them. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, we just we just had this discussion last week about the FOMO, Mike. Yeah, I know. I know. I love both of these. and mm-hmm. But the thing is, I can't keep doing it because I will buy right. all of them. Like, So right. I really like the look of both of these pens a lot but I am not going wild for them like I did the pink love. Like that was a pen that I had to have. Right. And so right. like, if I was at a pen show and this like Tokyo Metro 90th anniversary was there and I picked it up, I would be like, I'm walking away with this. But mm. for me to buy this pen, as I have learned, it is a stressful experience to get one of these. <laughs> right. Because there's so right. much going on with it. So I'm deciding to not go through this again until there is a really, really good reason for me to do so. And as much as I love both of these pens, I'm not going to do that. But I also feel like ultimately it was a mistake for me to uh, to follow the this account because I feel like it's going to be expensive for me in the long run. Well, it's the right thing to do. You should you should follow them because they the stuff's are, awesome. Great. You're it finding so it. And like you mentioned in the show doc, if they came out with like a quarterly sailor subscription. See, that's what I want, right? <laughs> you I want to just give over. them $200. You know, I give them like $800 a year, right? 
<laughs> and they just send me a pen every quarter and then it will just come mm-hmm. to me and I'll be happy and then there's no stress because here's the thing right this is the, this is probably the good thing slash the problem if this website was like completely in English and I could just buy it I would probably buy both of these pens mm-hmm. right but it's a good thing in that it is more <laughs> difficult for me <laughs> so it's saving you it's saving me the money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I have a few things to say here. Um, one, Bung Box was in New York for the Long Island Pin Show like a week and a half ago. Dang. So I saw some pictures. I saw Carrie uh, in one of their pictures, and they had the Tokyo Metro ink line up there, which I think is a really neat, neat little setup. It's like a box of nine inks. I saw that on the table. I don't know if they brought these pens there. Maybe someone that, uh, someone went, uh, we'll see. So that would have been your pen show opportunity. You know, um, they don't go to many shows and I actually picked up two of their limited editions or actually Jeff picked up one. I picked up the other one. So this yellow one that you like the G line that's based off the Soleil that they did about four years ago, three or four years ago. They, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful pen. They had it in at the DC pen show the first time that they came there. Jeff bought that one. Then I bought actually in the banner image on that Ginza line um, train, uh, train, train line. Ginza line page is a blue pilot custom uh, 74. I forget which model this is. Um, it's got these blue sparkles. I haven't really seen that. That's the one I bought. I, I don't use that pen enough. It's a 91. Excuse me. It's a 91. That's a beautiful pen. I have that one. So that said, this, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to go for it here. You ready? Suyukari? Suyukari? There's probably something I'm not supposed to You're say You're a there. braver man than me. So I love this pen. I'm not going to buy this pen, but... I have this ink. This is one of my favorite inks. It's, uh, I think it translates to like light pea soup or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it matches this pen. So that's the bottle of ink that they're selling with it. I've, I've had this ink for, I don't know, a year or two. I really, really enjoy it. I don't like the eyeball finial. That's a little creepy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, if anyone would like care to explain you that that's to an me. eyeball? I thought it was a leaf. <laughs> the big picture it looks like a cat's eye. I guess if you get mm. up close, it, close, it makes more sense that it's a leaf. But from uh, from the long view, oh, it's, it's totally like a leaf, eyeball. man. You can see like the little line. <laughs> I, in it. It I looks see like it now, but a, I see it now. But that's a cat's eye to me. See now, I couldn't buy it because now I'd see an eyeball. Mm-hmm. It's watching you, Mike. Oh no, I'm watching you. So yes, follow follow Bung Box at your own risk. We've we've known this for years. It is known, Mike, that. Uh, that you should watch your wallet whenever bunk box is involved, especially if you're a sailor fan. So yeah, I am glad you brought these to my attention so I could see their beauty and not purchase them. So <laughs> there you have it. And it's not going to stop. You know that, right? Oh, I know. I know. Mm-hmm, but but mm-hmm. it gives me hope <laughs> in that there will <laughs> be at some point something else that I will buy and I will be willing to, to put myself through mostly just the emotional turmoil of, of, <laughs> of, of, of buying. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm ruining myself at the same time because I've, well, allowed, I've allowed this to happen. You landed your white whale in the pink love. I did. You're very satisfied. Very There's satisfied. no need to rush into anything else, like you said. And mm-hmm. 
Mike, there will always be a next time. There will always be a next pen. There will always be a next ink. Mm-hmm. There will always be a next notebook. So, yep. yeah. I think just and, it's uh, a nice way, like to, to like with last week, to, this is me letting go of the FOMO. Mm-hmm. Just letting go mm-hmm. of it. I'm going to miss out on this one. It's fine. Yep. There'll always be a next time, especially from Bung Box. Because I missed out <laughs> on the original Pink Love, and it came back to me. Yeah. You know, if you love mm-hmm. a pen, let it out into the world. And if it That's loves right. you back, it will return, you know? I want to talk about the Y Studio Mechanical Pencil. Uh, you wrote yeah. a review about this pe- pencil recently because uh, I'm really keen to understand. Oh, I was really keen to understand how you felt about it. I read the review, and mm-hmm. now I want to talk through some of that with you because okay. I know that you are a huge fan of the pen that they do, the fountain pen, right? Which is a yes. very, very beautiful thing. Yeah, it's called the Brassing Fountain Pen, mm-hmm. which I in. Uh, Writing this review, I learned that I've never actually done a proper review of the oh. of the brassing fountain pen. I've reviewed the desk pen, which I love, but I it's one of those pens I end up using so much that I th- just think I've written about it, and when I actually haven't, when I went go to go back to link the review, I realized there was no review to link to. So I will correct that soon because I love that pen. So, what makes this pencil different? To what is currently available in the in the marketplace, mostly the size and shape and design and appearance of the pencil. It's a large mechanical pencil made from brass, which is shockingly not as heavy as you would think. They have thinned this out appropriately, so it's not an overbearing weight like a lot of fountain pens we've used um, in the the circles we run in you know like from Karis Customs or Namisu or you know there's been a few uh, pretty much any company that's made a, a metal pen tactile turn has made brass models and they're just outrageously heavy this is not a heavy pencil and the style of it is just stunning right you look at it and you go wow they like really knock it out of the park and being a fan of Y Studio like I am like I fully expected that to be the case that this is just a wonderful wonderful looking pencil and I love the copper knock on the end of the brass pencil that's like yeah really really good looking. i would not have thought that brass and copper would look good together right mm-hmm. but it does right. it actually really does with this um yep. but i think maybe the bigger story here is what's wrong with this like what is this pencil lacking because i think something that probably surprised the both of us you didn't really seem to like it that much yeah so i would have i i got this pen uh on loan or pencil on loan from Van S pens. And if I didn't get that for review, I probably would have just bought it like sight unseen, right? Like I love Y studio. I would not have considered the things that I ended up finding out about this pencil that I didn't like in retrospect, I would have jumped at, at buying this if, you know, all things considered, if I didn't have a review unit of it. So what I found real quick on this pen pencil god i'm gonna keep doing that the entire show aren't i Mm. i always i always do that is for a wide barreled pen soul soul (laughs) i'll fix it for you don't worry i got you thank you thank you thank you thank you it's not comfortable to write with a fine tip so the wider your fingers are okay the wider the tip needs to be. It's so too when much you... of a of a harsh change, right? Because it right. really goes down to, obviously, a super fine mechanical pencil mm-hmm. lead. Yeah, it's 0.7, but, millime- 0.7 millimeter. Right. But compared to the 
hot dog you're holding in your hand, right? Like that is a very, right. you know, that's a very different scenario. Like what you're at, what's actually being output is vastly different. And mm-hmm. I can imagine, especially with the weight of this thing, uh, mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't stack up very well to be a pencil. Right. So it feels weird making small marks with such a large pencil, right? It's like, I don't know, it's like you're you're holding a log and, you know, trying to write like a math equation, you mm-hmm. know, in a, mm-hmm. in a graph sheet of paper. So it's it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's ma- it, it would be the perfect size. If they made this a clutch pencil that holds like the 2.0 millimeter leads and you use larger, wider strokes, it's more for drawing and sketching. That would be like the, the perfect use for this barrel. The other thing I found, which again, I did not realize this, like it didn't even cross my mind, would have never crossed my mind before I bought this pencil, was that the hex barrel in a mechanical pencil doesn't work well because you have to rotate the pencil when you're writing. So everyone does this and they don't realize they do it because it's just such a natural habit. When you're using any type of pencil, wood, wood case or mechanical, you're always writing a few letters, the twisting the pen in your hand. It's just like a natural motion. Uh, the pencil, damn it, Mike, you didn't fix it there. Sorry. Um, so you have this motion to where you write a few letters, twist, write a few letters, twist to always keep the sharp edge of the graphite going in the pencil, right? It's like, it's just a natural thing. And I talked about how the Uniball Curatoga, it's so popular because it corrected that. Like if you don't want to twist the pencil in your hands, the Uniball Curatoga will just rotate it for you. So the reason why it's an issue on this pencil is the width of the barrel gives it a wide I don't know, wide uh, hex dimensions, if you will, the flat parts. So when you twist and that hex shape runs all the way through the gripping area of the pencil and you rotate like very frequently, like every second or two, you're rotating, you know, just as you write, you just don't even realize you're doing it. I end up on top of the hex, like on the ridge and I, you, your grip is not solid then. So I have to stop get on the flat part and then keep writing. And it would just happen over and over again. I was Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's like too much. Even we're talking like microseconds. It's destroying like my flow because I'm, I'm, I'm twisting. And then I hit a spot where I have less of a grip on the pencil than I did a split second ago when I was fully in the flat. So I, I didn't realize how much of an issue that would be because We've all used regular wooden pencils in the past, and all of those are hex barrels. Why isn't that an issue? Well, it's because, one, they're narrower. Your fingers cover more ground on those pencils. You're probably on the ridge to begin with, and those those ridges are generally more rounded off. So you'll notice that not a no, you know, wooden pencils, you don't notice that as much as you're twisting them while you're writing. But with this pen, it really stood out just because of the size and it ended up being uncomfortable and it was not something I expected. So there's a few pencils that are made this way, but 99% of the mechanical pencils, you go look, look, just look at the rotring, you know, hex barrel, round grip, everything, any popular mechanical pencil that has a hex hex barrel morphs into a round grip of some kind. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's actually uncomfortable to write with, which I wouldn't have, I didn't pick up on before I bought it. Like, I mean, before I got this on loan, I would have totally bought this pencil 
just because I love it, love the brand. But functionally, it did not work for those reasons. I just want to say before we round this out, there is a picture that you put in this article of Mm -hmm. the rotoring sitting atop the uh, Y-Studio pencil. It is so beautiful. Like, <laughs> I had to look at it for a while. I was like, is this like, at first it looked like it was a, like a painting or something. Like, mm-hmm. I was looking at it and I was like, what's going on here? Like, there's <laughs> something about this image. I absolutely love it. It's very good, Brad. You did a good job. Yeah, I looked into that one. And I mean, I knew what I wanted to do. My idea was I wanted to, sh- I was trying to show how much wider mm-hmm. the Y Studio pencil is compared to a standard pencil. And there's no better standard mechanical pencil than the Rotring 600. So I was able to sit it right on top. And I, you know, I didn't put this down specifically, but it's almost two millimeters wider. I'll have mm. to look at uh, the. The, I, I did it in my write-up, and then I you can I really to see it, it though. Like it's really, really clear to see. In yeah. The so like when you look at like the numbers on a page, you're like, oh, like a millimeter is not that big of a difference. But when you're holding it in your hand, it's a gigantic difference. So when my wife saw this picture, she she thought that the Y Studio pencil was cut open, and that was the interior. You know, that was like the insides of the the bottom pencil showing through on the top. So now that I see that, it's like, man, that's a totally weird picture, but it it came out really good. And it it, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. It it just showed how a small difference in grip section width can make a huge difference in your writing experience. Um, There are cases where wide barrels are good. You know, like I talked about in the post where like if you have hand issues or arthritis and you can't really have these fine motor skill motions Mm -hmm. you know you need a wider grip um but correspondingly you get a wider tip to write with besides a 0.7 millimeter pencil so i was uh surprised a little bit on this one i thought this was going to be just like a lock one of my favorite things and it turns out like it's really not and it took me to use this pencil for a while i realized it pretty quick when i was rotating it that it was going to drive me crazy the way I rotated it in my hand and kept landing on these ridges and then had to move again to continue writing. I was like that, that double, that double stop in between letters was super frustrating. So it was a good review from that aspect, from a learning aspect. So I, I have really enjoyed this review. I got some kind words on this review. Um, just saying, you know, thanks for like breaking it down in that way other than just like a like a spec thing you know that's mm-hmm. what i'm i'm trying to do more of and and at. and relate it relate it to like actual usage and uh i found that that i love this the looks of this pencil but i don't love using it so there you have it all right this episode is brought to you by storyworth the easiest way to share your family stories Storyworth makes it easy and enjoyable for your loved ones to share their life stories with weekly emailed story prompts and questions that you might not think to ask on your own. Then, at the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. It's sleek with a black and white interior, color cover, and up to 480 pages in length. This means that you and your loved ones can preserve the memories and even pass this on to future generations. Here's how Storyworth works. You buy a subscription for someone important to you, and then each week, Storyworth will send them an email with a question about their life. Then they can email back with their story or even record it over the phone, and it will be turned into text. After a year, their stories will be bound in that beautiful book for them to keep. Storyworth is a great way to learn more about someone. The questions are designed to evoke entertaining, surprising, 
and moving responses. And StoryWorth is also a great way of staying in touch with family members who maybe live a little further away than you'd like. With StoryWorth, you can write stories and upload photos by email, on the web, or in their phone, a smartphone app as well. Um, you can also share their stories with as many people as you want. You just invite them by email. And then you can save and edit all of these stories on StoryWorth.com. All of your data is secure and everything is private by default. You get to control exactly who sees what. Um, I've been trying out StoryWorth, and one of the questions uh, that I saw when I was looking through this with a family member was about family vacations. And I remember, and something that I know that I'm going to see in my responses to this is about all of the vacations that we used to take as kids to seaside towns in England. We used to go to lots of seaside mm-hmm. towns by the coast. And you know, like uh, where video games are played, you know, like arcades or whatever. Yeah. We call them amusement arcades, which is shortened to amusements. So, like, they were called the amusements. And so that's going <laughs> to be, you know, that's a fun thing. And I've, I'm, we're going to hear lots about amusements and donuts and fish and chips, which is a lot about my life as a kid. Nice. And for my family, StoryWorth is great because it's not that we're spread out, it's that we actually just don't get a lot of time together. So, I understand like this is a great thing for people when families can't get together that often because they're far away. But some people, they're just busy. And this is a great way to stay connected and to share something. So if you're looking for a meaningful, maybe even last minute, Mother's Day gift, so it's perfect for this. This is absolutely perfect for someone you care about, especially for Mother's Day. And now is the time to place your order. Listeners of this show can get $20 off their subscription by going to storyworth.com slash penaddict. That is $20 off when you visit storyworth.com slash penaddict. Storyworth, a new way to bring the family together. Our thanks to them for their support of this show and Relay FM. So it's funny how this next topic actually ties into the previous topic. Yeah, especially in design. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the Kaveco grip, the Apple Pencil grip, um, it appears that it is going to be making its way to the U.S. soon, right? This is something that you sent to me. Where did You sent me an image. Where did this come from? Yes, I'm on their Kaveco's PR um, mailing list, you know, I'm sure a bunch of people are, um, I actually, I know a bunch of people are because they forget to BCC everyone sometimes. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> but, the- <laughs> uh, they, uh, they sent out this most recent one and put that, put an availability date on that, which I'm guessing is the European availability date, which means, and which I think was April. And that means that they're coming to, main retailers um around the world probably shortly after that so i would look for these late spring early summer they're gonna gonna be available by right now i've just gone to most wanted pens (laughs) delivery time Mm -hmm. 80 work days wow that's that's a i i'm gonna start putting my things in work days now you know so that's on the black and silver on the gold Mm -hmm. is one to four days and the rose gold hmm. is 80. So if you want one soon, you know, the rose gold, the actual gold one is the one you want. They've got that in stock. Everything else is heavily back ordered. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be, uh, we've talked about this from the minute we saw this. If this ever becomes wide release, it's going to do really well outside of our community right Mm -hmm. i mean this is a big accessory item for apple and it's so well done it's going to fit right in so i got to try yours in atlanta i got to see one in the arkansas pen show i'm definitely picking one of these up i 
I don't know that I'm going to use it constantly. I like the thinness of the Apple Pencil, which goes back to the Y Studio stuff. When I'm using my Apple Pencil, it's generally smaller writing, and there's definitely a correlation between wide barrels and wide writing and small barrels and, and small writing. So we'll see. I'll, I'll get one to try, but at least they rounded the grip right. Uh, hex barrel, knurled round grip. So that's the way you do it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I really like it. I have two now. I have one on each of my Apple Pencils because <laughs> uh, it's it was a thing that I liked so much that I wanted to keep, right? Like, that I liked it a lot, so I wanted mm-hmm. to keep it on there, and that meant that I would want it on both because it, I don't want to be... I mean, the reason I have two Apple Pencils so I don't have to keep swapping around between my two iPads. Like, it's just never an issue. There's always one attached. I'm never going to forget it. So I decided mm-hmm. to just go ahead and get it, and I also got it in just before the... Uh, Availability changed horrifically, and I'm not going to say <laughs> it's my fault mm, that no. the availability changed. But I'm also going to say that it was fine to get, and then I spoke about it on a couple of my shows, and then like a week later, yeah. they were completely sold out everywhere. I'm just, I'm not going to say I had anything to do with it, Kaveco, <laughs> but like you never know, right? Never know, never know. But I think this is one of those things where I will get and I will end up going back and forth in the beginning, mm-hmm. then it'll end up sticking like full time on my pencil plus i tend to lose my apple pencil yeah it took it took me some time as well to like get just get used to having it mm-hmm. you know? so I, I lose my apple pencil i think i lost my one for like five days like recently and i finally found remembered where it was <laughs> mm-hmm. so i think being this larger larger size will help it not uh not um you know disappear on me as randomly as it currently does because i i do tend to lose my apple pencil because i don't hook it to my case like you do no, and I do that with a Leuchtturm 1917 pen loop in case you're interested in those. Very, so a few weeks well ago, done. we spoke about making pens, like about how it go, you go about making pens. And you mentioned mm-hmm. you'd been getting some responses in, and uh, we're going to talk about those today. So do you want to go through what we've, what we've seen from this? Yeah, so I got several emails on this. And I want to bring two of them here to the show. And Brian from Red Dragon Pen Co., also known as Chewbacca in the chat room and on Slack, has started making pens, I guess, in the last year, maybe a little bit longer. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Brian, whenever you get a chance. But he nailed down the high-level overview for what is needed to jump into making custom pens. So this is a list of what he says are the minimum things. And then I have... um, So I'll read his email. Then I have a second email, a wonderful follow-up from Emmanuel, which will will piggyback on to Brian's email. But let me go through this first because I know several people were very interested in this topic and I wanted to make sure since we got some great responses from people that are getting started and making pens that we wanted to share these out there with you. So Brian's list, a lathe, which I think that's probably number one on any list for making pens. A wood lathe will be much less expensive than a metalworking lathe, but certain things will be more difficult. So that's something you'd have to shop for deciding, you know, what what type of effort you want to make in there. Something to hold the workpiece, chucks, centers, etc. Something to cut the material with, chisels, carbide tools. Something to bore out the inside of the pens, drill bits. Taps and dies for making threads. At a minimum, you need threads for the nib unit, section to body threading, and body to cap threading. And sanding and polishing stuff. Grits from 120 up through micromesh for polishing to a high shine. So before I read the rest of his email, I'm going to stop right there. 
I'm like super intimidated already. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, it's, there's a lot going on here, right? Like, and there's a lot of terms yeah. that I actually don't fully understand. <laughs> yeah, like I'm scared. I'm scared of tools. I'm not a handyman, so this would be like a disaster for me to attempt. But I, I understand all the all the parts and pieces that he's talking. So you know, the lathe is going to hold it to turn, and then you're going to have different, basically, parts to you know modify the barrel as it's turning whether the exterior or the interior of that barrel then you're gonna have to make threads on that barrel and then you're gonna have to make it look pretty so yeah that's just and that's the simple stuff <laughs> right that's just that's like i mean not the simple stuff but like that's the 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 main the, the majority of of the work so he also says a good set of calipers is also pretty important because a lot of measurements need to be pretty precise for instance when cutting the tenon, which I don't even know what that is, for the section to thread into the body. So that connection there from your grip section into the body, I need it to be 9.9 millimeters. If you are at 10.1 millimeters and try to cut the threads, you probably won't be able to even get the die to engage and start the threads. If you make it too small and end up with 9.6 millimeters, it'll be too loose and you might as well start the section all over because the threads won't be strong enough to provide a tight seal. So, Brian and I'm sure a lot of people getting into pin turning and starting these things, the amount of practice and the amount of waste that they have in learning their trade has got to be enormous. This is a very time-consuming, detailed work that we're fascinated by it because it's so impressive, the end result, right? So we see these things, the end result that you and I are buying, but the process it took to get there is kind of outrageous if you think about it, right? It's I mean, wild. what do you think about this? All? <laughs> it really it seems so hard. It's just so much, right? And I know that mm-hmm. like with anything, like because we have no idea, but and once you get good at it, it becomes second nature, like in the same way that like, if I tried to explain to you right now all the steps that it takes for me to edit and publish this show, it's like, if you've never done that before, like, what on earth is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's like, it's skills and experience that make it possible. But when you look at it just like this, it's like, well, I, I have no idea where to begin. You've told me where to begin, but I don't know how to mm-hmm. begin. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that in the next email but i'm working with brian uh i'm i'm in the queue but i owe him a some material to make my pen from and i told him i was going to look at these couple of pen shows that i'd been to since i got on his list and i haven't found anything um that i has totally jumped out me but he get out to me but he gave me some places online to look at so i need to get brian my rod mm-hmm. soon mm-hmm mm-hmm so I'll be working on that. And I've picked I've picked a nice rod out, Mike. It's very Good. pretty. Good. So I'm going to work on that soon. So Emmanuel breaks it down a little bit more. And we're going to cut to the chase with Emmanuel's email because he gives me a, a number. His, his TLDR is it's about $1,000 to start out. So that's our jumping in point if you mm-hmm. want to start this out in, into this event. So... Like uh, Brian's email, he says, to make pins, you need a lathe, tools, pin mandrel, pin kits. Cheap lathe can be had for $300. You can find some used ones. There, He gives out some recommendations. If you're, if you're wondering, y'all can email me or tweet at me. I'll get you some of the recommendations. Um, you know, he's uh, he goes through, like, the drill presses and 
you know, a few, a few other prices. So like 300 for a lathe, five to 600 for a drill press. And that's just for like a little bit of hardware that you then have to buy all the blanks, you know, all the nibs, the materials, um, you know, the, just the making threads part (laughs) before you even make these pins to ensure, like Brian said, the tolerances that just stretches me out even thinking about it. Right. Like I don't understand how the, that you guys make this stuff work, but you, you clearly do. You're, you're the pros. That's why I, I'm Mm -hmm. glad to, uh, to sort this out. Um, so, you know, uh, Emmanuel saying the custom work, it says, you know, he's buying a lot of acrylics from other people that gets costly, you know, a lot of people mix aluminite themselves because it's easier to mix, but then you have to have, you know, pressure pots and vacuum chambers to do. If you're making your own acrylics, like that's why I'm providing materials to Brian to, to get, uh, get my pen made. But yeah, if you're, if you're getting into this game, it's not, uh, uh, it's not just like a fly by the seat of your pants type of thing. It's, it's definitely something that you really need to consider. Think about Emmanuel talks about how he, his hobbies were already like construction and tool based. So he has a lot of stuff. Mm. Yeah. His, he has a lot of the things to get started, but um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing and we're seeing more and more of it for people that are, you know, inclined to work with their hands and work with tools and have that type of detailed work. I think this is a fascinating thing to get into. Honestly, like the, like the getting in point, like dollars wise, doesn't intimidate me, but actually ruining everything I touch <laughs> for like six months would intimidate me for a while. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So everything. like at, at the end of a hard day's pen turning, I need to sleep well. And do you have something that, you know, I, I could sleep on that would give me a good night's sleep Dang, and rested son. and refreshed to get up Look and make you. a whole new batch of pens the next day, Mike? I need my Come rest. On. How can I get it? Casper, the company focused on sleep. Yes. They are supporting this week's episode of The Pen Addict. They are dedicated to making you exceptionally comfortable one night at a time. You spend a third of your life sleeping. If you spent a third of your life doing anything, you'd want to make sure it's the best it could possibly be. That is why you need Casper. Their mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, and they feature engineering to soothe and support your natural geometry. Casper mattresses have got all the right support in all the right places. So what goes into making a Casper mattress so darn comfortable well they combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality mattress with just the right sink and bounce their mattresses are designed and developed in the u.s and their breathable design helps to regulate your body temperature throughout the night and with over twenty thousand reviews and an average rating of 4.8 stars casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress and you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. They deliver directly to your door. And if for any reason you don't love it, Casper has a hassle-free return policy. But Brad, can you tell the Pan Addict audience why they will not need to return that mattress? Especially where I live. And this is the this is the thing that has impressed me the most about Casper. And I don't want to just like pin it to like warmer areas, but it is the coolest like temperature wise mattress I have ever slept on. Like that's an important thing to me. I don't like to be hot when I sleep and living in the Southeastern United States, it's hot nine months out of the year. So having, knowing going to bed and not have to dread 
the fact that you're going to have a rough night because you can't ever get your temperature regulated. Casper handles that, like, I don't know, whatever magic they use to make these mattresses. It works out great for me. It's always cool and comfortable and gives me a great night. Can't get any better than that. You should go check this out for yourself right now because you can get $50 towards select mattress purchases by going to casper.com slash penaddict and using penaddict at checkout, all one word, P-E-N-A-D-D-I-C-T. Terms and conditions apply. That is casper.com slash penaddict right now and offer code penaddict to get $50 towards select mattress purchases. Our thanks to Casper for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I'm leading off this section of Ask TPA with my new favorite type of question. And Ooh. I'm also leading, leading, leading it off with an apology to Lydia because this has been in my inbox for like two or three weeks now. I told her I'd answer it, but I love doing this. And this this is the response um, from the, the green truck we were trying to Ooh, match. We're talking about trucks again. A few again. weeks ago. We're not talking about trucks uh, as much as we love trucks. We're talking about uniforms and park ranger uniforms specifically. So I sounds, absolutely sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I love everything about this email. So let me read this email. I just finished listening to episode three hundred two, in which you seem to have a lot of fun finding the matching pen and ink to Jeff's truck. Well, I have a similar challenge for you. Can you find a pen and ink to match my work uniform? So the lead in's perfect, but the details are what I love when people obsess over things like finding a pen to match your uniform. So let me continue. I'm a park ranger, so I need something that is durable and preferably not too expensive, but I do have a preference for fountain pens. The trick is finding something that not only looks good with the uniform, but fits in the pen slot on the breast pocket. The sizes vary on all my shirts, usually hovering around two to two and a half centimeters, but the narrowest opening is 1.5 centimeters. I will attach some pictures of the uniform and a close-up of the smallest pen slot. Notes about the pictures. The shirt in back is a Class B and was included because the tan color is lighter than the Class A, though it it did not come up well in the image. I also wear a silver nameplate with black lettering that was not included in the picture. I enjoy listening to your podcast on my way to work and wish you safe travels to all your pen shows, Lydia. How amazing is that, right? So cool. So not only... Does Lydia have a cool job? She's super obsessive about the uniform and wants a pen to match it. Like, this is everything I want <laughs> in an ASTPA, right? Do you TPA, know, right? Brad, if it is okay for me to share the image of this uniform? I do not know. I did not ask her. Okay. I'm going to go with, for... we won't do it. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe if, we, if it's cool, Lydia can follow up with us. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people can probably picture a park ranger uniform, you know, tan shirts, green green pants, or I'm sure some have, you know, full khaki uniforms, but you know, you know the range that... Um, you know the ranger range? Park, the ranger range. So <laughs> the ranger range of uniforms is a wonderful range. <laughs> that was a good job by you. <laughs> so the, the what I couldn't get out of my head when I was trying to figure this out was... She needs a brass pen. Like the brass, the brass pen is, is like perfect for this. The problem is there's not a great brass fountain pen that is cost effective and would work with the shirt pocket clips. Like a Caveco brass sport is a great pocket pen. It's not great with its clip in 
the shirt pocket and it's probably a little bit wide and it's a little bit expensive, you know? So like I was having a real hang up on like, she needs a brass pen. She needs a brass pen. But then it hit me like there's two really actually good, easy options. The first one I thought of was the Platinum Plazier, honestly, because it's a metal barrel. It's thin aluminum. It's not maybe as durable as the second one I'm going to mention, which is actually probably pretty obvious um, when it gets down to it. But I thought the Plazier might work because something like their orange barrel would look nice with the tan and green. It would fit in the pockets because I've checked the measurements to even the smallest pocket. It's narrower than the smallest pocket. It's got nice hardware. It's very good looking. I think the only kicker is it is a little bit light and it's not as durable as probably my second option, which of all things, I kind of shocked that I think the pilot metropolitan might be perfect. Um, so I put some links to both the plays here and the standard color metropolitans, which are black, silver, and gold. Like the gold metropolitan would look super good on this uniform. It's inexpensive. It's a fountain pen it's going to take a beating in the field. So I had a, once I stuck on these two pins, I had a hard time coming up with something else because I kind of think it's the right answer, but I'm overly <laughs> excited about finding Lydia, the perfect pin for her uniform and her day-to-day -day work. Um, so if you have any other suggestions or if anyone in the, uh, that listens to the show has any other suggestions, y'all can, y'all can get in touch with us and, and let us know what your recommendations are. But yeah, I kind of think that's the way to go. Do you have any thoughts? I mean, I can't pick any better than you in this one. I think you've mm -hmm. done a fantastic job. I, because any picks that I make, I definitely will not be making the measurements for them. So, yep. you know, not nowhere near as thorough as your research then, my friend. <laughs> it, it, I was really hung up on it for a little bit. It's like, I got to find something brass. And they just didn't, you know, meet the requirements uh, that were needed. And then the plays ear hit me. If you want something for like an, a standout color, like an orange or a purple. And then for the traditional look, the classic metropolitans in black, silver, or gold, I think are kind of the perfect fit to meet the fountain pen criteria, the durable criteria, and the price point criteria. I think that's the way to go. So, very cool. Thank you, Lydia. And keep those questions coming. If anyone needs us to match anything to their uniforms, to their cars, to their pets, I don't know. What else can we do, Mike? Um, Some kind of like, I don't know, like buildings. You know, okay. maybe you have buildings. like a pink house, right? And you want a pink okay. pen for the pink house. We could do that. Okay. Yeah, so we, we do these things here. Whenever so you we'll, need. we will match up. Yeah, we'll match. It's we'll the find service the we provide for, for free. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. These other ass TPAs, let's get to them. First one via Patrick. Just wondering if you have a recommendation as to what micro mesh to buy, especially for someone like me who's never used it before. Also, any recommendations about using micro mesh in general? Relatedly, are the Goulet pen cleaning and cleaning tuning kits a good value for what you get? So, this is a good question because I use a couple of things regularly in my cleaning, repairing, tuning setup. And number one is probably micro mesh. What you want to buy is called 12,000 grit micro mesh, it's the finest, safest micro mesh to use. That's if you're just trying to 
knock an edge off a nib, make it a smoother rider. You want 12,000. You don't want any like more coarse grits because then you'll start actually modifying the shape of the nib. Yep. If you use it too heavily. So you want to start piece with of the advice. F- you say like you want some advice for using micro mesh. The advice mm-hmm. is carefully. Yes, carefully. So you can modify the shape of your pen. Some people will reshape a nib with micro mesh. It can be done with the right grit and the right pressure. But if you just want to smooth out a pen, which is what I generally want, like I get a pen, like say a stub nib, it might have a little little tick in the nib when I write in one particular direction. I'll get out the finest micro mesh, which I have. It's a little 12,000 grit pad. You put a droplet of water or two or three drops of water on that pad. It'll hold it up. And I start drawing like figure eights or infinity symbols. So you just kind of go in circles, making some shapes, light pressure, not, you know, you're not jamming on the pen and the pad really hard. You're just doing it very lightly just so you can feel it, you know, do five or 10 in a vertical infinity pattern. And I'll do five or 10 loops in a horizontal infinity pattern. I'm, I'm making the motions as I talk to you, Mike. So and do you know what? I can infinities. hear you doing it. Yeah, because I'm my pacing slowed down when Mm -hmm. I was talking because I was having to think more. So you know, and that water gives you that uh, the ability to um, move the nib around uh, smoothly, and you still get the effects of the the grit. So do that like five or ten times each direction. Try it off, and then test it out on a piece of paper right next to you, and see how it flows. See if it's different, and you know, see if it improved what you want, then you can do it a little bit more if you need a little bit more. So it's a slow and steady thing and it actually doesn't take too much. So anytime I've, I've ever had to, you know, kind of tune a pen to make it smoother, it's, it's a pretty quick thing, you know, just like a minute or two, um, of taking your time going through, going through some loops on your, on your grit pad. And, uh, yeah, that's a, a really good thing. So, the cleaning and tuning kits, I guess every site's probably different in what they offer. Besides micro mesh, the thing I use the most are the brass sheets because I use very fine and extra fine nibs. I like those little shims to go between the tines and sometimes they get out paper fibers in there. That's kind of the next thing I use the most. Um, I do use silicone grease when I eyedropper and I do use syringes for when I fill and clean pens. So those are my main um cleaning and, How about and pen flush items um i don't use it as much as i thought because okay. i use mostly modern pens and i have good pen hygiene as it is so i'm never needing the extra that pen flush offers it does come in handy i've used it plenty i just don't use it every time i'm cleaning my pens because my yep. pens are maintained and it's don't not have like issues to begin with an essential part of your toolkit really yeah Okay. Yeah, I so, get you. yep, so um, in the chat room is mentioning uh, Brian, Chewbacca, and Ink Dependence are both mentioning a loop, and I do have a loop. I do like um, looking at the nibs, but I can't really like tell, like, I can tell born by feel if I'm on like a grit pad, but if yeah. you're like trying to, if you're trying to fix a nib problem, you definitely need a loop to to see what, what you what you need to work on there. So that's another good call. And uh, there's some there's some pretty inexpensive loops. You don't need a super fancy one. 
All right, Zaza the drummer says, is the Retro 51 refill slightly thicker than a standard Schmidt refill? I started making pens and got really excited because I thought I found a kit that would fit the best ink refill in the world, but it wouldn't fit. So we need more information here. I think I got caught up in a Twitter chat on this one and found that it was actually the ballpoint refill they were using, not the Schmidt refill. So the Retro 51 does not use a single universal refill. It depends on the pens, right? So the Tornadoes fit the... Um, the retro branded P8127 refills, the poppers and the other ballpoints Schmidt fit the Schmidt Easy Flow 9000 refills, which is a different shape. It's a yep. Parker shape. So it depends on which refill, you know, you gotta, you gotta decide on which one it is. So it, it, it could be, you're just getting them uh, cross pollinated there on, on which refill you're actually using because there is no standard Schmidt refill. There's different Schmidt refills for different pens. So let me know. Um, I think you might've got this question answered on Twitter the other day. So if not, um, give me a shout and we'll figure out exactly which one you're using. So Captain Domestic asks, is there such thing as an inking book? Now that serious coloring books are a thing, how about books with nice paper and non-photo blue pencil drawings? Am I the only one who wants to buy this? Mm, No, but it's like you and three other people maybe. So it's not a big market. Like I think getting the non-photo blue pencil in a book is probably a turnoff just for general retail purposes. Like, I think it's very specialty. Like, I would like it. I would enjoy it. I would enjoy taking, like, the inking aspects of finishing off the non-photo blue pencil um, drawings, and I would enjoy, like, creating my drawing from that base. But I don't think, like, in the grand scheme, like, that would ever be, like, a mainstream thing. Like, we saw coloring happen with colored pencils and colored markers not that you can't use those things on this but i think the hesitancy is you're starting with a page that's not as vibrant or not as direct as the standard coloring books are that we see these days so you're going to need a more advanced person to buy this type of thing and there's probably like a teeny market for it, but I don't think it'll ever pop and become like a mainstream thing like we saw Color and Go. I think it's a cool idea, though. And th- there might be something out there if you can buy like a uh, blue, uh, non-photo blue comic art and um, and draw based on that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's not something I looked at, but I, I kind of like the idea. I just don't think there's a huge market for it. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, 7Photo, our good friend Rebecca Looking to buy her first pen with a gold nib, under 300 if possible. That's definitely possible. I would like a pretty color. A limited edition would be preferred. I'm looking at Pro Gear Sky, Platinum Nice Lilas, something along those lines as I would prefer Japanese. What would you pick? You want to answer? Pro Gear. Yeah, I, I kind of think you got to go that route. I think if you're going to, if like, it, it, a lot is riding on this, right? Um, no i mean it like this feels like this is the first right it's like the first pen with a gold nib right it's a big deal this is a big purchase this this is a kind of thing that if you screw it up if you get something that's not perfect you're gonna regret it right and Mm -hmm. and i know that platinum obviously make amazing stuff they do they make really great stuff but you can't beat a pro gear like i i don't think you can either and and if if pro gear is in your like that is in your site and you want a special edition and they have a new one coming out like it feels like a no it's like a no-brainer to me Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and this is one like if you don't see right now, you just wait it out, right? You're gonna yeah. find something that's gonna meet every criteria you have. I think you definitely go pro gear. Like I actually, as much as I love platinums and platinums nibs and platinum style, I think that you would enjoy for the lifetime of using the pen the pro gear more. That's kind of that. That's the way I'm leaning. Um, that, I mean, that's a super good question and we answer this one a lot and it's always like, it depends and, you know, there's lots of caveats, but I think this one's actually pretty clear. Just don't, don't settle on one that you're not completely in love with because there'll be another one tomorrow that ticks all the boxes and then jump on that one. So similarly, Mike um i eric says i'm considering getting a pro gear or 3776 shocking it's good pins i like the very fine nibs i have a vp vanishing point in both fine and extra fine extra fine is too toothy for me and fine is not quite fine enough which would you recommend between the pro gear and 3776 this is actually a harder question to answer than the previous question in my book so there's a couple of different ways to go. You can get a hard fine sailor nib that's finer than their fine nib and a little bit wider than their extra fine nib, but it might be too firm for you. I actually really enjoy Platinum's soft fine nib, which you think would be a wider line than a standard fine because of the softness of the nib and that it you know kind of flexes a little bit but i found the lines i can get from that soft fine platinum nib are finer than like my sailor fine lines and it's still smooth it was kind of an eye opener when i i got the the red shungyo 3776 with a soft fine nib and i was converted immediately to that nib so i think out of to answer this question i would actually go with a soft fine platinum nib to kind of meet the criteria yeah, that, you're, specific. that you're trying these, to get you know like if these are very specifics right like if this mm-hmm. is solving a problem that platinum can oh sorry the 3776 can um mm-hmm. solve yeah and i don't just i should know this answer i don't does Sailor make soft nibs in their lineup? I know they make hard nibs, and I know they make standard nibs. I don't know that I, I own a Sailor soft nib, so that's something I'd, I'd be interested in trying. If there's if there's one out there, I'll look into that. Did I tell and you, I'm by sh- the way, that my Riello is a hard fine, and I really like it? Uh, I think you did, and I think you were like surprised of that it would actually turn out as well as, as you thought it would. Yeah, so, yeah I that's really great. like it. Which which is a big surprise to me because mm-hmm. I didn't think I would mm-hmm. really like that at all, but I wanted it because it was fun. But I mm-hmm. really like using it a lot. So I know Pilot does soft nibs, and I haven't tried one of those yet um, to compare it to the uh, platinum nibs. But I love, I absolutely love the soft fine platinum nibs for a someone who writes very fine and small and still wants it smooth. Wonderful nib. So Gill's desk, last one this week. It kind of relates to the. Uh, the pin tuning and cleaning stuff. Favorite cloth products for use in pin filling, cleaning, polishing, pampering activities. So I have two kind of towels I use in my cleaning setup. One is just 
a basic microfiber towel that I got off Amazon, you know, so you don't have like fibers getting stuck in the nibs and, you know, leaving general, you know, I don't know what you'd call fluff <laughs> from, from uh, non microfiber towels. These are like large 12 by 12 inch or so towels. I bought like a 20 pack for like five or $6. They're really good for like not scratching up your nibs and not leaving um, residue. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I'm blanking. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the little, just like the fluff. little fluffy stuff. Fluff. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't leave the fluff around. The second thing I use is actually, and I'll, I'll have to find the brand name of them, but it's a shop paper towel. And those are like the blue paper towels you'd see, like say like an automotive shop. Those are also kind of, they're not fiber free, but they hold up against like water very well. They're like super durable. They're not going to scratch your pens when you use them to clean, like wipe off the nibs or wipe off the barrels. They're a really nice disposable like a paper towel. Um, it's just made to be real durable, soak up water very well and not fall apart when you're using like a traditional paper towel. So those are disposable. The microfiber cloths are reusable. Um, so those are kind of the two cloths I use. I don't ever... Um, I don't have a cloth to like polish any fountain pen nibs or anything like that. Although I did just get this uh, Anderson pen sent me this Mont Blanc nib cleaning cloth. Like it's in the shape of a nib. Like you, you like tuck it over the nib and, and clean it. So I'm going to have to test that out. It's still in the, in the package. So I'll have to try those for just nib, standard nib polishing. But uh, I don't really polish my nibs that much, Mike. Lint. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm pleased you found it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. You can go to relay.fm slash panatic slash 306 for our show notes so you can find them in the podcast app that you use. Um, they should be in there all linked up for you. Thanks to Casper and Storyworth for their support of this week's episode. If you want to find Brad online, he's over at penaddict.com, knock.co. He is penaddict on Instagram, dowdyism on Twitter. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E, and we'll be back next time thank you so much for listening until next time say goodbye brad dowdy goodbye brad dowdy